it's pretty strange to sit here (laughs) telling my own story in a way that doesn't even feel like my own and it does it just feels like a story that's been living through me that I've been keeping inside that's been living in my body but it doesn't feel like mine it feels like a story that has been lived through me for something beyond me But it's strange to sit here each time I sit down to articulate, I find myself in a different spot and the same spot as I was when I stepped away. But do I ever really step away from stories that live in me, that have made me the person that I am today? Not really. And in that sense, I feel this real liberation that's uncomfortable in talking about these things just my own life and my own experiences in a way where they're not contained in a small collection of time so many times over Uh, when I've had something to express, I've done it in a way that didn't do justice to the intricacy and interconnected nature of my understanding of my experience. Because I haven't had the time or the spaciousness or the comfort or the resources that I needed in order to do that, And it's led to a lot of feelings of isolation in my life. Um, Well, it might be a chicken egg situation. It didn't necessarily lead to it, but was led to, I think it was both ways. I think there was trauma before that, just trauma of being a human being in the world. Um, and then feeling like there wasn't enough space for me to take my time to tell stories but also the reality for me has been that understanding even gaining a level of understanding of my own experiences to a degree that I can speak about them has taken years of my life And those years have been exquisite and excruciating, exquisite in the innate um, intimacy with life itself of allowing learning and allowing insight to arrive in my body as it does. And that for me has been a process of clearing away trauma by moving through it, by fully embodying it so that it could fall away and and transform. And then having new awarenesses move into my body, into the space that the, the trauma had calcified in. 
And that's not something that I hear people talk about. You know, I've heard elders reflect on how it takes time to understand things. Um, But I haven't seen or heard modeling for that. It's just, it's not something that's normalized in Western white culture. And I would like to change that because the exquisite I named already and the excruciating is that I didn't have support in the ways that I needed when I needed it and I didn't know how to ask for it because I didn't know how to find those beings that might be able to support me and and because of some very toxic um, realities inside I'm going to put quotes around this healing communities um When I was in the height of the opening experience that I had, um, the initial opening, I was so disoriented, I, I could hardly work. I mean, I was not very functional, uh, though I'm sure I disguised it pretty well. Um... I found other ways of sustaining myself, um, including living with my parents, even though I was working through trauma at the time and it was an uncomfortable situation. Um, And, you know, I would find a few people I could talk to about this wild experience that I was having that I had no context or framework for. But if I wanted help, energetic help, healing help, I had to pay for it. And I didn't have money. I was very poor. And I wasn't in a place of functionality. I mean, there was a point in this six-year ride, more or less, of constant up and downs that there was a year where I just grieved. I couldn't do anything else. And I couldn't access healing because the mantras of people who were offering healing that felt like something that might be able to touch the mysterious place that I was functioning charged money that I didn't have and the the going mantra of that healing collective is you can manifest it if it's what you truly desire and I just want to call bullshit on that I think it's a really ableist racist and cruel mantra for a healing community to adapt in relation to their clients 
And I think it also betrays an unwillingness to, an unwillingness and an inability or and or to address their own beliefs that are keeping them in relationship with money in a certain way and helps them to justify practices that to me are clearly unethical. And I don't think that that means that they're unethical for other people, but for me, they are. And it's taken me growing into the place that I am. And even in the last few days, conversations with a friend, realizing that in this span of time, when I so desperately needed support and healing, I couldn't afford it. And and in hearing that repeated mantra that your clients will find the money to come to you if they need you made me just feel like I didn't deserve to have support because I wasn't able to do that. That's not what people need when they need healing. It's a cruel knife twist in the side wrapped up in capitalism, which already causes us harm on so many levels. And I won't operate that way. The things that I create will always be available without a wall. I want to be able to support people through creation, through connection, through relationship in the ways that they need, in the ways that are mutually reciprocal. And I trust, not blindly, (laughs) I trust because I have spent years utilizing the privilege of my life, my ability to stay with my parents and not pay rent, among other things, to address the traumas around money that I have and the fears around not having money. And I'm able to sit in a place where I can genuinely say, I have a living, breathing relationship with money as a tool, not as a god. And I refuse to cause others harm in the way that I was harmed. And that has been quite an unfolding. And also... There are some really, really fantastic practitioners who do operate inside their framework, who's, who I trust as practitioners, who I know personally, and uh, it, it's not an un 
conversation. But for me, in my own practices, in my own creation, I've become clear on what I am and am not willing to do. And what I'm not willing to do is make money a creator of a container of shared space with another being. Connecting to other beings and having nourishing connection is currency. And it is currency that's alive and breathing. And it's a currency of the world I want to live in. In the world I choose to live in. It's weird to hear myself articulate that out loud, even giving myself so much spaciousness to say so. But it's real for me. I feel it deep in my gut, below my belly button, right there, like solid ground. I'm here to listen. I'm here to talk. I'm here to create. I'm here to connect. I'm here to turn myself inside out to be seen. Not because I'm special. Not because I'm different. But because we're connected. And because I've had the privilege and the ability and the support to come to a place where I'm able to do that without feeling endangered and to connect with a kind of intimacy that I think so many of us are aching for and open doors to a new way of being with ourselves and with one another. And that, that's what I'm here for. It's what I'm on this planet for. And that is way bigger to me than money and more important to me and I also trust that if what I'm doing is in service and in alignment and truly helping other people that that will easily come along for the ride that's one of the tools that hops on board Even in these small sections of talk, it's strange to give myself space to articulate as clearly as I'm choosing to articulate. It's like re-meeting myself. It's a surreal experience. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> 